We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. John Siegel's favorite late round selections. That's what we're talking about today as we try and round out our running back core. We have two running backs at the moment. We're going to see how we move going forward. Looking forward to going through the rest of the team. Really loaded up at wide receiver. We have Mark Randers, tight end. Our quarterbacks are Jalen Hurts, Desmond Ritter, and Sam Howell. Running backs are Ramondre Stevenson, then paired with Khalil Herbert. And at wide receiver, it is truly absolutely loaded at this point. We obviously got our wide receiver one and Jahan Dodson. We got Keenan Allen. We got Christian Watson. We got CD Lamb. We did get AJ Brown to go with Hurt. So really a loaded team at this point. We are three selections away from our pick at the 12-11. As we look to round out this team into a challenger in the Underdog Fantasy Superflex Big Board Contest. If you're interested in playing, it's a $10 entry over there and if you are signing up use the code rotaviz to get a 100 sign up bonus up to 100 dollars. sean two picks two we select again lots of flexibility as we talked about with the moves we made early in the draft to give us the options as we want to build out this team sky Moore in the queue we have antonio gibson raheem mostert who are you looking at at this point is it time to start diving into rookies is it that second tight end what what is your excitement here? Two picks away, and I know you're quite excited this season about Raheem Mostert. So, uh, is he is he top of the list here? Even though he's not top of the queue at the moment, Mostert and Jeff Wilson both back in good situations there with Miami. I don't think that they would be guys that I would want to take at this level. Sadly, Sky Moore goes one pick ahead of us. That's that's tough. I think that Jalen Hyatt probably is the guy here of all the wide receivers. He's going a little bit below where I think that he should looking at the rookies then we can come back with a running back in this next pick the other pick that goes right ahead of us was Dalton Schultz column you and I had taken him in our previous underdog draft as well that would have given us an elite one-two punch at the tight end position so really unfortunate I think that those last two selections were the guys that they happened to be Cole Komet here the top tight end we have greg dulcich you and i really like to take trey mcbride we really like to take dalton kincaid do you feel any interest do you feel any enthusiasm 
you feel something tickling back there in the back of your head <laughs> saying, I want to take Cole Komet, or do you want to dive into one of these running backs? One of the things I would say about the running back group at this point is that it is relatively flat. Yeah, it's quite flat at this point, and the excitement just isn't there as much as I would like. Um, Cole Komet, I think, is the pick. Be- between whom we selected, uh, Conco and Dulcich go off the board to the drafter at the 101. That gives us an option to pair Komet with Mark Andrews. I would have been interested in a couple of the options that went off the board just ahead of us. The other player, Sean, if if it wasn't a, a Khalil Herbert team at this point, potentially would have had the interest there in Deontay Foreman, who is going right around ADP in this range as well, but um, didn't want to go with the two Bears running backs paired together. So quite a flat range here off running backs, but the advantage of that is there is 19 selections to our next pick, but I, I think that the running backs going in that range are, are quite flat the other part of it is there is a lot of interesting younger kind of wide receivers going in this range and um, that may come back to us but we are shown at this point really we're, we're kind of maxing out our wide receiver room here as we move forward we do have 20 picks in this draft but we also have to allot some of them to additional positions so Ramondre stevenson so far khalil herbert i did tease it at the start a little bit tongue-in-cheek maybe about our favorite late round picks but there is going to be quite a, I think, a bit of conversation around running backs here as we move forward to try and fill out this roster. How are you feeling, Sean, so far? I'm sure it's uh, pretty confident. We've kind of, we've got our three quarterbacks. I think we're pretty sealed up there. We've got two tight ends potential, again, like you mentioned, with those younger guys to add in another one in a round or two. And then we're really looking at just whatever wide receivers really pique our fancy, followed by running backs the rest of the way. Is that how you're feeling so far? Yeah, with just the two running backs, we're going to try and hit that with volume down the stretch. And the the Texas A&M back goes there at 149. He jumps out as being the number one back in Blair Andrews' backfield dominator rating. Somebody that I think is really fascinating from that perspective. Blair also, in addition to the backfield dominator rating article, Blair did a fantastic deep breakdown of Chase Brown, a back who isn't expected to be drafted that early. Blair explains why maybe that's the case, but why it might be wrong. And Brown's someone that even though he's an older back, the physical metrics really impressive. He tested well. He was very fast at the senior bowl and Illinois (laughs) rode him to an extent that's almost unfathomable someone that even though he is in that 209 range not the biggest back probably has some ability even as a bell cow we don't expect him to be used that way at the nfl level and then another back who really jumps out here as being so interesting especially for the price is going to be spears he comes in as one of the top guys in bdr And then you look at his physical results there at the combine with the explosiveness and just someone, again, who very, very interesting from that perspective. And then we pull up Dave Cabin's breakaway rush scores, and we see these names at the top in Dwayne McBride, again, in Brown, in Spears. And we have a, a variety of things pointing in the same direction. Now, because of where these guys are going to go in the reality draft and what their role is going to be as rookies. We want to be patient and not reach too early in these drafts. And yet if there are going to be names who pop out as big risers post-draft, and we know that's the phenomenon that happens, 
obviously the guys who are sort of trendy but miss going around six seven maybe even go undrafted then their adp obviously plummets yeah it gets torpedoed (laughs) (laughs) right they no longer exist you look at sean tucker he's interesting but these names that we've just been going over in spears and mcbride and then miller somebody who plays for the nca runners up and is trying to get back from a health perspective out of this group we're going to see at least one of these running backs absolutely skyrocket if not a couple of them raheem Mostert did not last to us he goes at the 161 which is the 1405 we get uh, deontay foreman who we mentioned earlier 1407 Sean, some options here. I mentioned non-existent. Ezekiel Elliott here with an ADP of 155. Now, that is not me pitching to take him, but that is uh, probably where he should have been drafted last year. That is the 1409. He does go at that selection. Jeff Wilson, though, Sean, though, who we touched on, is an option potentially here. Devin Singletary. Then we're into the rookies and Tajay Spears, who we have at the top of the queue here. How are you feeling at this point? There's just so many options. I'm very excited about the running back options we have moving forward here. Do you feel this is a spot to go with one of the rookies? We could probably, I think we can go back to back probably with running backs here as we move through these picks. And I'll let you go with your preference. And I think it's going to be the rookie. We're going to take Spears. I think he's just too fun in that spot. I think he's the most likely huge riser of any of the running back prospects. And then calling the question that we have to answer. When you look at the ADPs for some of these other guys, McBride down there in the 230s, Pierre Strong, someone in the 230s, could be that second-year version of that, and then contrast them with some of the older, maybe less exciting players, a Jeff Wilson, I who could they, be the 1A, I, I, a Devin Singletary, who might even be in a better situation this year than he was in last year. Some interesting bets to kind of balance. They're the two names that I would be looking at here as one of those veterans. I would probably lean Singletary, but I'm good to go with Wilson as well. And you're, you are getting a 16 pick. Uh, you know, in terms of ADP, Wilson, there's more chance of Singletary potentially coming back. So we did, uh, due to me talking, Sean, we did. We missed our pick there. We got we got Miller. What's your thoughts on Miller? How excited are you about that pick uh, turning into the league winning selection here? Yeah, I just think that his combination of athleticism size sorry for interrupting second question here was that an uh, a purposefully done auto pick or was that done just because you were changing to the player that i mentioned well i was about to select singletary for you and then you mentioned the discount on wilson so we missed collect <laughs> clicking wilson by less than a second we were right there i think it'll work out I'll, i think, I think this out. was one of those where it's a happy accident yeah, I mean, we talked with Michael Leone when he was on the show a little over a year ago and was in the best ball finals with us talking about how he had auto-picked Ben Roethlisberger. That had kind of worked out okay. Um, obviously, we've gotten stuck on some auto-pick selections at different times, especially here. I'm still not sure if, if ours are auto, auto-picks or if uh, Sean is just choosing to pick his player at the top of the queue by not selecting the player that I've mentioned. One well, I mean, it's, I guess it's, we'll never it's know. much we'll more know. politically appropriate to be like, oh, it's too slow. Then no, I, I just ignore yeah. you. I'm definitely <laughs> no, not we... drafting Devin Singletary again. <laughs> You're like, auto... Devin Singletary, we've been through this last year, Colin. <laughs> Colin, when we were doing the playoff version 
of underdog, which I think may still be my favorite contest that we've ever participated in. We had Brock Purdy all lined up for like round nine and auto picked him in round six. <laughs> and then a couple weeks later, his ADP was like, round the, two. yeah. So I feel like this is going to be the same situation where you're going to be midway through this NFL season and you can either have Miller or Jeff Wilson. Like, thank God we have Miller. That's the exciting one. That's the fun one. Calm, you know my philosophy on both fantasy football and life, which is that things tend to work out, and especially if you believe they will work out. I'm fired up about this pick. I love having a couple of rookies there. And this is always the time to draft those rookies. You mentioned earlier the potential ascendance and value. There will be players who you draft at this point, but there is 20 rounds in this draft. You kind of feel a little bit like you may have one or two shots at these rookies and i think it's the way to play it we did take chill and hyatt as well at wide receiver so there's that option sean we were kind of focused very much on running back for these last couple of selections when we do look at it though uh, a couple of players here rondell moore went off the board in this range um i think there is some interest in wide receivers but i would much rather be trying to target in on those running backs uh kincaid goes off the board at the 186 pick which is mid 16th round i was kind of lining him up as the the next option here for us at tight end um but he obviously goes so we are now three selections away quite a drop off and in, in tight end really at this point um it almost feels like you could, you could potentially hold out and roll with two tight ends although i would like to probably have three in that room we'll see how the the draft continues to fall two picks away sean the the running backs that are in the queue out today sean tucker who at this point is a potential for us at our selection uh heavy discount in terms of almost a full round and adp what uh is he is he somebody you're lining up here if he's last or are you looking to jump to one of these guys who are a little bit later uh tuba hubbard there is, is somebody who's very interesting but he would be normally uh about two and a half rounds after this but tucker goes off the board you mentioned sean this is going to be a year where we go and get the guys and don't worry about ADP. And I think when you get into this range in the, the late 16th round, these guys are in a bucket together. And I think you go and get your guys. And I don't know about you, but I know Chubba Hubbard is a, a guy kind of for you this year. Yeah. And you look at that situation, obviously he has Miles Sanders in there with him. I don't know that Sanders is necessarily a bigger talent, even though we like Sanders. It's more a comment on Hubbard and what he brings to the table. The other guy here. In terms of explosiveness, someone who could be a big post-draft riser, Zach Evans has an ADP a little bit earlier. Do you have a preference between those two guys? I think we'll go for Hubbard, and then we'll see. Evans might slide back to us here. We are picking in, in four picks. And again, one of the, it's like that thing when you're talking about the advantages of picking in the middle of the round as some of the values that you mentioned earlier in the draft fall in your way. But then when you're drafting at the start of a round, you can kind of pair some of these guys up uh, and gives you a little bit of flexibility at this point. So... We're hoping that uh, Tim Patrick was off the board. We're hoping one more pick here to get to get Evans back. This is a range for people listening that Leonard Fournette goes in, but like the Ezekiel Elliott mentioned earlier, probably uh, put a line through him uh, if you can remove him from your draft board over at Underdog. Go ahead and do it. Uh, but we are back on the board. Sean Minshew goes off the board. The only other player that's really here is Arab Smith, but you have the controllers. We have eight seconds to go. There was never a doubt. We'll go with Evans, and I mean, he's a player who did well at his pro day, not unreal, but has that sub 
four, five, 40 that you're looking for. His size speed combination there is going to be something that plays at the NFL level. He's never been a workhorse. And so when you look at his explosiveness, one of the most explosive backs in college football versus this ability to maybe be a really high touchback at the NFL level, there are going to be some trade-offs there. We don't know what backfield he's going to be dropped into. If he lands in a good spot, he's going to be a riser. He's someone I think is going to be one of the more fascinating backs to follow. Obviously a super high recruit, plays at TCU. You have the situation there where he leaves, potentially in part because Miller, another back we already have drafted, was going to be an issue for him. He goes to Ole Miss, he plays well, but again, in some ways, gets overshadowed by a teammate. But anytime that you have that type of sort of pedigree with the athleticism, with the explosiveness, those are the types of players we're looking to add on to our fantasy teams. Jonas, things settle at the moment. We have three quarterbacks, six running backs, six wide receivers, two tight ends. We have Jalen Hurts, Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell. Really happy with that quarterback room. We have Ramondre Stevenson, Khalil Herbert, Tajay Spears, Kendry Miller, Chuba Hubbard, Zach Evans at running back. I think we're probably set there. Um, the only concern you'd have is, you know, people probably listening and, you know, three rookies in there and we haven't really extreme high-end talent, but I, I would class the guys that we have drafted as that. It's just that it hasn't factored into ADP yet. When we scroll down the wide receiver, Sean, we have AJ Brown, CD Lamb, uh, Christian Watson, Keenan Allen, Jahan Dodson, Jalen Wyatt. That's loaded up. And then at tight end, we have Mark Andrews and Cole Komet. We're seven picks away. We have three selections left to go. I've mentioned earlier, I think, I think one more tight end will be ideal, but the options will be limited at this point. No offense there. Tyler Conklin, who I, I was impressed with uh, Conklin last year with the, the Jets for what he did, but it's not something to get excited about. We're into these last rounds. Sean mentioned Kate Auden a few times last year. He is there in this race going into his second year. Daniel Bellinger was somebody I like, but his value has kind of taken a big hit with the Waller signing or the trade there in New York with the Jets. So it feels to me, Sean, like we need potentially the one tight end here and then i'm probably looking at two wide receivers to finish things out how are you feeling are you going one wide receiver one running back one tight end or, or what's your thoughts here yeah i think we probably want to keep adding to the running backs when you're late in the draft you don't want to force picks you want to take really good values you don't want to have throwaway selections which i think is what a lot of managers sort of end up shoehorning themselves into when they have a positional need or just want to have balance as opposed to taking the pick that is the most likely to be a league winner. You look back at who actually wins these big tournaments and they often do get the serious points from one of those late picks. If you're merely trying to fill positions, you're less likely to get that. Now, there's so much uncertainty with the least picks that even if you're just filling things, I mean, you could hit anyway. But we want to look and select the guys that we're most excited about late and if we're weaker at running back and those things fit, then we would hit there. I do have a couple of guys at receiver that I like. I think that John Mechie, if the health holds up, could easily be the number one receiver for Houston. That still might not be that much. But if you're the number one guy, it can be hard to not have some relevance. Marvin Mims, somebody who I think could easily end up being the – I'm not saying this is likely, but there's the potential for him to be as high as the wide receiver too in this class so you would look at him late we probably don't need to select him uh, for another round or so i think that some of these late tight ends are interesting noah ant did just go jelani woods a guy who could be a big piece here if indianapolis gets anything from the quarterback position 
Laporta, someone who could be one of those rookie breakouts, and then Albert O, someone we're always looking at. Colin, I've made a couple of picks now. Who would you like here? Uh, I, well, this is kind of a pick towards you as well, but Manchi is there. It's uh, you know, 10 picks after ADP. I, I think that he is a, a pick here. In terms of the, the wide receivers available, he's definitely one of the options I would like to get. I uh, didn't have as much of a gap between the running backs that we have available, and I think those tight ends are the 20th round selections here for us. So we have one pick to go, and I mentioned that Jelani Woods has been off the board once I, I mentioned that as a potential 20th round pick. But, Sean... We are back on the clock. I want wide receiver. You want running back? Yeah, I mean, you'd wanted two receivers. We can definitely go that way. I think that to win, we're probably going to need those early receivers to hit. Pierre Strong, Jerome Ford, two guys, again, that I, I do like to take late. Make another pick for us here, Colin. Any concerns with Strong and Stevenson? We have six seconds left. If you don't, take Strong. We go with uh, Ford. That, that's a question. Just I think sometimes people might think of that. And I mentioned it earlier with the two running backs avoiding Foreman for the Bears. Is that something you factor in? I would rather have more shots at more backfields than you know lock down one backfield. So taking the two New England running backs in this draft is that something that you look at? I think people like you know maybe this is like maybe people who are new to fantasy would say like still the handcuff option. That's not something that I really go for. As you mentioned, I think a lot of people, when they're thinking through how they want their running back room to look, are going to find it interesting that opposed to wanting the handcuff, you're saying that you want to go at the very far end of the spectrum from that where we're trying to avoid running backs on the same team. I'm going to look at it as a little bit more team agnostic where I want to have the biggest talents late. And so Pierre Strong, one of those players I think can be a three down back. He's got the long speed. He was a workhorse in college. We actually saw him make, I mean, just a couple, but flash a little bit in the passing game. If he can do that, then he would be our Mondre Stevenson type of fill-in. One of the most recent reports is that James Robinson, even though he's there, and even though you and I really like him, he might be a threat to not even make the team, just be a special teams kind of player that Pierre Strong could still be the guy. And so it wouldn't be necessarily a handcuff selection, but I also wouldn't necessarily avoid him. But the value of going with Ford is that if anything were to happen to Nick Chubb, and we definitely hope that it doesn't, it seems like Ford could be very involved in this offense. Someone who, after he transferred from Alabama, was extremely impressive at Cincinnati. He has some of that athleticism that you're looking for. And again, we're just trying to get as much, I would say big playability, but players who could be slightly above average. And we are talking about the NFL level, someone who is above average is very, very good. When you're looking at running backs this deep, maybe you're even going for just someone who's slightly below average, but not a plotter, not somebody that they're going to fill in and then a week later be like, I mean, really anybody could do that. So we don't necessarily expect to hit because there's a lot of uncertainty and you hope the starter stays healthy. But in an offense like what the Browns have been most of the time other, under Kevin Stefanski and even before that, you think that they're running game. And, and you think about all the interest that's been around Ernest Johnson in the past. And part of that goes back to him. I mean, his specific splits to himself, like his actual advanced stats, how well he does breaking tackles and that type of thing, the way he played on the field created some of that enthusiasm. It's not just that he was in Cleveland, but I think that if you can get an enticing back in that offense late, then that's something that we're looking to do. 
Clem, we're heading down the stretch here. It is round 20. We do just have the two tight ends. I guess I am comfortable with that, with those tight ends being Mark Andrews and Cole Komet. Obviously, if you have an injury, then you're looking a little bit thinner. But I think Andrews gives us the flexibility to go any direction that we would like here. Albert O, obviously, still interesting, regardless of what else is going on. So if you had a different player at a different position that you had to have, I think that we could do that. We're five picks away. We're not going to have Mr. Irrelevant, but we will have the second to last pick in this draft. Names on the board just to give people a sense of, of where we are. Tyler Conklin, Malik Willis, Andy Dalton, Darius Slayton. I don't think that we're going to pick any of those guys. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I mean, there's still a tiny possibility that he could factor in in Kansas City or somewhere else. I say again, tiny possibility. It is interesting that Pierre Strong did go, and James Robinson is still available. You have Trask still on the board here. He could be the starter with the Buccaneers, which would be interesting. They are going to have some pretty good wide receivers, and Marvin Mims doesn't make it back to us. He goes at the 20 seven so getting deep here bailey zappy a pick he could be the starter for the new england patriots what are your thoughts what about kyla kate Otten? i've mentioned his name a few times here he hasn't been added to the queue i feel like i'm not getting to that pick i feel like this is albert o if he gets back to us sean uh i, I probably would go with Otten just for the you know the poor feeling i have last year after albert o my heart is still shattered I think that you and I timed out on Otten in a previous draft in the 20th round, and that may be enough exposure for me. <laughs> He's somebody that I, I think, I do think there's something something potentially there. Uh, but I also so think So you that, would prefer the tight end in Tampa Bay over the potential starting quarterback there? Yeah. I also I also think that you're taking Trask. We're getting Trask. I would have, oh, you're not going to Alberto, no. No, we didn't. We went to Trask. We timed it. Okay. So we wrap up the draft with the, the one thing I, I'm sure that no consensus in are, are on the twentieth round pick. Yeah, there is a joy I think in the people listening in as they chuckle along. It. I, I do think one of the uh, I guess we'll say the the bits that we do, but Sean has full control over the majority of it. Uh, but we do take Trask. We'll have a run through the team here. We'll give it a quick review, our thoughts. But yeah, let us know. Would you rather have Kyle Trask as your fourth tight end or would you, or your fourth quarterback or would you rather have uh, Otten as your third tight end? Let us know. Send it my way on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. We will review it a further date. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sean, let's let's run through the roster. And if you happen to be watching, obviously, on the YouTube channel, drop it in the comments below. But we do now have a four-quarterback room. We have Jalen Hurts, we have Desmond Ritter, we have Sam Howell, we have Kyle Trask. We're loading up on those young quarterbacks. We have Ramondre Stevenson, Khalil Herbert, Tajay Spears, Kendry Miller, Chuba Hubbard, Zach Evans, and Jerome Ford, AJ Brown, CD Lamb, Christian Watson, Keenan Allen, Jahan Dodson, Jalen Hyatt, then we have John Mechie at the back end of that wide receivers room, tight ends, Mark Andrews, Cole Komet. I do think if you're going for, you know, a two tight end build, having one of those, I would say elite options, Sean, I'm sure you still pretty much agree that he would fit into that tier of elite tight end options. And Mark Andrews makes that a lot easier to run with. Looking through the team, Sean, seven running backs, seven wide receivers, two tight ends, four quarterbacks, any picks as we move through the draft that you would potentially look to change up here as we as we look back from the 102 i'm pretty there was a couple where it was like you know the, the running backs were a little bit flat but i felt again like i mentioned when we drafted last week because of the structure because of the way we were setting up the the roster here i felt as if when we were in kind of rounds 13 onwards there i thought we had a multitude of options um, if we look at the draft board in terms of the wide receiver options going in those last five six rounds it's a much tougher process so obviously if you're going with the wide receivers early and passing up on those running backs it does it feels i guess for the way we're drafting it's going to give us a lot of flexibility later on but i i, I don't have a huge amount of ones that i would change outside of our 20th pick uh the one that we obviously auto drafted on in hindsight do we do we change there? Or do we do we stick with Miller? I believe it was we drafted at that selection. Yeah, when you're looking at him early in the 15, I don't have any problem with that at all. We'll see whether that becomes a great value or someone who does continue to fall a little bit. The pivot points come down to those selections, I think, at the 2-3 turn. Because we could have taken Jonathan Taylor instead of A.J. Brown. That was something we strongly considered. We could have taken Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley instead of C.D. Lamb. I like the way that this draft turned out. I think that having the receiving firepower to go with Jalen Hurts and also when you have that elite tight end, there are so many things that can go right for you. Obviously, the thing that can go wrong is that you lose your elite tight end to injury. But, I mean, this is the type of team that wins tournaments. The flip side of that is that we look back and say, with how running backs fall in this day and age, you probably don't ever need to get yourself in a position where you end up quite this thin. And so I think there are some things that you can do to potentially address that. The issue that you have, and one of the reasons that we do talk a lot about drafting from back to front as well, and not that you're going to change your draft, but you at least want to think through the consequences. One of the elements that we really like about taking Ritter and Howell in one QB formats where you're not actually taking a QB in the first round 
on top of having them is that the price is extremely cheap. Here, as you mentioned, DeAndre Swift goes one pick ahead of Ritter. Now, if Swift had made it one more slot, we would have selected him and hoped that Ritter came back around. And if he didn't, we just would have taken Howe. The interesting thing there about whether or not it made sense to wait, that was a question that we asked. I think that Levis was the last guy then who would have been interesting. He didn't make it back to us in round 10. So picking Howell here, I do think was the smart move. Now, if you pass yourself, you change a little bit of the future dynamic. So it's possible that that would have allowed another QB to come back around. But you mentioned Trask. Baker Mayfield goes here in the 10-04. I think that he wins that job with the Buccaneers. We've made some selections in some other drafts, including specifically a Superflex, where we gambled a little bit on that. We picked him in round 20 of one of our previous Superflex drafts. I think he'll be the starter, but I also don't think that the gap between Mayfield and Trask is the gap between round 10 and the 2011. So that's one of the reasons why I think we want to get a little bit of exposure to Trask if there's not somebody else that we're completely locked in on. And the fact that we, I mean, it's, it, again, it's just basically 25-ish seconds that you have, but when we go back and forth and don't really like any of the options, I think that that is an indication to us that we don't really have a pick. And if you don't have a pick, I think that's when it makes sense to go for the QB and Superflex. It was the last round pick and not the earlier selections that we had made that was such a big deal for us last season. So even though we think in terms of Ritter and Howell as being the guys, maybe Trask is the player. Again, when you have a Chris Godwin, when you have a Mike Evans, you don't expect him to be this big-time fantasy scorer, but you wouldn't have expected that from Geno Smith last year either. And that's not that Smith went out there and scored a ton of points, but especially in Superflex, very competitive with that. So I like where we were there. The question then comes back to the running back position. And one of the things that did happen to us after we passed on the guys at the 2-3, which again is one of the reasons why the 2-3 was so important we would have liked to have taken two back-to-back at the 4-5, probably, because there are some other things that you can do as opposed to taking Mark Andrews. And I like the way that that worked out. So there's no regret there. But if ETN had gotten back through, we picked Stevenson, and then went ETN, Debo, and we picked Mark Andrews, we would have taken ETN. The same thing basically happens at the 6-7, where we picked Christian Watson at 6-11, and then in between our picks the turn was JSN and Gibbs. So that drafter goes with two rookies, including the rookie running back, who I think would have been a fantastic pick as opposed to Keenan Allen. Again, we like Keenan Allen. We're probably going to end up with plenty of him. Then you have the two quarterbacks. And by the time that you get done with that and you're picking in round 10, suddenly, even though running backs are you know, arguably good values throughout this draft, you look at round nine and round nine has Joe Mixon, who probably isn't a good pick, but at least... There's a chance that he could still be the starter in Cincinnati. Then you have Akers, I think a sneaky pick there, especially if the Rams offense jumps right back to where it was in 2021. You can't anticipate that, but it is a possibility, right? And then you have Javante Williams. He would be going far, far earlier, if not for some of the injury questions. I think especially if you have other running backs on your team, you look at the second half of the season, Javante Williams could be one of the highest scoring running backs in the entire league like that pick. And then James Cook, probably too inexpensive due to the Damian Harris signing. It's one of those kind of funny things where people aren't that excited about Harris, but they are worried about how it hurts Cook. Anyway, you have a lot of really good values there. 
But then you also have the good value in round 10 falling to the 10-10, which is Rashad Penny. That was one pick ahead of where we took Dotson. So, Colin, one of the things that happened in this draft is that the running backs we were targeting did go just right ahead of our pick as opposed to, say, five or six picks earlier. That is going to be something that happens in your drafts, and you have to be ready to adjust to it. I like what we did by adjusting with the young runners. In a perfect world, we'd have a little bit more running back firepower. Yeah, and there is some options there as you talk through it that we could have changed. You've, you've talked me around on the, the quarterback situation, but that quarterback situation and pick and trask only works with the Mark Andrews pick that we took. Because I know at that point we did talk between him and Judy as potential options. We did go with Mark Andrews, but the way the wide receivers did play out after feels pretty strong. So there is uh, sometimes for us, and I think when you're picking at a turn as well, Sean, it's much more evident sometimes of the you know, the 1v1s or the 2v2s that we talk about after. Sometimes if you're in the middle, it's like, well, that pick was three picks away, four picks away, five picks away, where it's very evident with the the turn picks, for example, or the picks before is the the penny pick was one that I, I really would have liked to get there. But then if we take him, we miss out Sean and our boy Dotson, and then the draft just wouldn't have been as good, as much fun, you know, to do in, the, in that scenario. But I think overall, we've ended up with a really strong team it is going to be dependent, as you mentioned, on the rookie firepower of where some of these rookie running backs land. Do they get an opportunity? You were going through the options too. You mentioned Penny. There is also Rashad White at the the ten oh five, Tyler Algier at the ten oh one. There's there's lots of interest in running backs in that nine ten range, and that was the range where we take Howell and then Dotson. But it is quite a tricky one to think of how we would have potentially got out of that Howell pick. Um, we had talked about wanting to draft him would he come back i don't think he would have if he came back he was in that same pick that we were hoping the penny would have got to so we're in a range there i think more so where in Superflex, there's quite a few options that we do like and we were probably going to have a decision to make at that point anyway but overall I- i'm very pleased with this with this draft sean very happy with it we could have went as you mentioned with jonathan taylor over aj brown then we could have you know at that, at that point we may still have got cd lamb but I think if we do that, are you passing at that point on Stevenson for the options, which would have probably been Mark Andrews or Jerry Judy, who we talked about as our, our potential options at those two selections? Is that what you'd be hoping for, is to come out of those with, uh, let's say this is our first five picks, Jalen Hurts, Jonathan Taylor, C.D. Lamb, Mark Andrews, Jerry Judy. Is that Would that be more preferential to you than what we have in Hurts, Brown, Lamb, Stevenson, and Andrews? No. Uh, The reason that we would be looking at Jonathan Taylor and then in the third round, potentially Barkley, Eckler, even a Brace Hall, who, again, if you have a different draft slot, you can do some different things. You want to make sure you maximize whatever the benefits of your draft slot are. You don't control that, but wherever you are, you've got to draft into that and really take advantage. So Brace Hall falls to the middle of round four. I mean, that's far too late, but he's not going to get back to us. We can't sit around and complain at the 302 we got cd lamb which is a player we would have drafted ahead of him ramondre stevenson there is i think far better than the receiving options who are available debo is the next wide receiver taken then you get deandre hopkins an interesting guy but perhaps the reports of him staying in arizona mitigate a little bit of the enthusiasm knock down some of the upside also knock down some of the enthusiasm for guys like Rondell Moore and Marquise Brown, but then Calvin Ridley, a player who, I mean, I hope that that draft pick works. 
I hope that where Ridley is going in drafts is how he plays next season. But when you look at the way that that offense runs and the spread nature of it and the fact that we're just always overly excited about these guys coming back. The guys coming back from suspension have not performed well. I guess I don't understand how he goes ahead of Christian Kirk and possibly even Zay Jones. Now, Ridley has been so good in the past that, I mean, you can understand the Zay Jones part of it, but one of the things with Ridley is that he was having trouble even there in Atlanta in that season that was truncated. Now, partly that may have been because of the personal reasons that he needed to address. And if those are fully addressed, he comes back, he explodes. I mean, Calvin really hasn't been a priority target for us. But I think when you're looking at the next guys as being Debo, Hopkins, Ridley, and you have a Ramondre Stevenson, you mentioned in part one of our coverage of this particular draft that you think that Stevenson is an emerging guy who could be in some ways like the guy. This Patriots offense should be better this season. Ramondre Stevenson is a high-value touch machine. Again, because there are going to be six, seven players sort of in the mix for it, you wouldn't say, okay, well, Ramondre Stevenson is going to be the running back one, but that's a possibility. And so when you look at that there, I think you prefer to have him in round four than to lose that Taylor-A.J. Brown switch at two and certainly the pick there at three, but it does create those cascading problems as we work our way down through. So really the question might be, go ahead and take Gibbs instead of Christian Watson. I think that would be the way to play it. Interesting. And it's always good to have these conversations after. I'm hoping that the people listening are enjoying it. They're getting some you know, usable information out of it that they can implement into their, their own drafts because you mentioned there as well, we haven't talked about it much this year in our drafts, drafting from back to front. I think that is kind of, you know, sometimes you mention about certain things being superpowers. I do think that that is something that really does benefit people in their drafts. And we will be talking about that throughout more drafts, but it's one of the first times just that I think has been mentioned this year, knowing what way you're going to go in those backgrounds. And you mentioned, you know, some of the running backs going, being able to know where you're going to pivot. That is one of the key parts of it. That is going to take us to the end of today's show. If you haven't listened yet, I'm sure people have listened to the first part of this draft if they're listening to the second part. But if you haven't listened to the first part yet where we go through those opening 10 or so rounds, do check that out. It was released on Monday. Thank you for tuning in to today's show. It's been a lot of fun already this, I guess we'll say off season, but we're kicking it into NFL draft season. We'll have a lot of draft shows coming up, lots of content to go through, but Looking forward to sharing that with the Rotoviz OT community, which it has been just so much fun interacting with all of you over the last couple of weeks and months. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Over to Ireland. Sean Siegel is obviously my co-host. You can check out all his work up on rotoviz.com and including one of the Dynasty workshops that released over the past couple of days. Make sure you check that out, talking about some of his latest advice in the Dynasty sphere. We'll be back with our third show of the week on Friday, so stay tuned for that. Make sure you're subscribed to the Road of His Overtime podcast feed. And until we are back, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime and Road of His Radio. Please rate and review the Road of His Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at roadofisradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Road of His Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Road of His with a discount through the Road of His Radio homepage, roadofhis.com forward slash podcast.